Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognize their continuing connection to land, waters, and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present, and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 173. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is your only great always. The Americana Tinge side project from Peking Duck's Ruben Styles recently released their new single entitled Hurricane. In today's episode, we're speaking with Ruben about the songwriting process for the single, how this new project helps address mental health, and Ruben explains exactly what Caltech is. Here we go. Our guest today is maybe more well known as one half of Australian party duo Peking Duck. Having started a new side project in 2020 that shows a more vulnerable side to musician and producer, he returns this week with new single Hurricane and a nationwide tour. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Ruben Styles from Your Only Great Always. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, sir. How are you today? Not too bad. Just um, getting primed for uh, our second overseas gig in about three years it seems yeah or two and a half um yeah about to uh, jump on a on a flight to bali of all places gonna play to some uh I, i'm sure it's gonna be the miami kind of dream you know <laughs> <laughs> if, if if that can describe you know what bali's similar to nothing wrong with it at all it's the best time ever every time it's, uh, you know, those bottle service parties, you know, you just got to <laughs> embrace and just enjoy every second of it. Yeah, of course. I can imagine that, um, well, one, it must be nice to kind of, there's a number of things weather-wise going on in Australia at the moment, so it might be kind of nice to, to get out of there and go have a bit of a party uh, in a little bit of a nicer location. Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it's really uh, trying times for Sydney people, just keeping our heads above water mentally, but also uh, literally. Uh, like, there's, I think, sixty thousand people have been like evacuated from their homes. It's uh, crazy. It's just wild at the moment. It is very, very kind of crazy times that we do live in. Um, Absolutely. That being said, and with no disrespect to those people, that is not why we are chatting today. (laughs) We're not here to discuss the weather. We are here to talk about um, Hurricane, which I guess is weather related, um, but it is the new single from from you again, from yourself. Uh, Congratulations, firstly, because this is a great single. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm super stoked to to have released this one first out of the next uh, wave of songs. And I feel like this one... It does encapsulate a lot of things. It's uh, 
And I think musically it feels like a really fun sort of representation, although lyrically, you know, the, the lyrics are quite dark. It does feel musically like a nice representation of the project as a whole. 100%. It is um, a... Most people might know you as, as one half of Peking Duck, but this uh, track and this project is is almost kind of worlds away from that sonically. Musically, it's a combination of, I want to say, folk, of, of psych, uh, a little bit of electronic, um, some rock. It, it is kind of this beautiful melting pot of sounds. Firstly, I guess, what for you as having done peaking for, for a number of years, what inspired this kind of sonic shift and where do those inspirations come from? Thank you, by the way. All those words you just said, <laughs> I I bow down to you. That was, uh, that's everything I needed to hear right now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll pack up shop, we'll stop recording, that's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess, um, you know, with Duck, we've been recording, you know, dance bangers for forever um and essentially you know our roots come from uh live music backgrounds and uh and and hip-hop as well adam was uh was in a rap group so i guess um and and i played in a bunch of bands whether they were uh indie rock or sometimes bordering on folk and then occasionally you know as every kid in year eight in 2006 did got like dyed their hair black and was in a bunch of emo <laughs> bands too. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's it's nice having a world where I can just be in the studio doing my thing uh, and just and just having, in a way, no rules and just uh, being able to escape, uh, you know, like having having a different place, uh, but, you know, creating... It's, it's still the same room where we make dance bangers, but also having uh, the option to do whatever I want as well. It just makes it super, super fun. And I now love getting to the studio because, you know, even if there's stuff that, you know, I want to do for Duck or if there's stuff I now want to do for yoga as well, I can make the day challenging and experimental and fun. And essentially, you know, it makes working on Duck songs way more fun too. If I've just been like, you know, in like a psychedelic folk <laughs> explosion of uh, Western sounds, then, um, yeah, I guess going from that into like, you know, not as uh, lucid, not as uh, <laughs> bizarre, but then it, it's nice going into, you know, some some more straight up anthemic dance bangers. So I, I love having both worlds and it's been, uh, it's been really fun in, in every single way. That's that's awesome to hear. I was, I guess, going to touch on that a little bit later, but since you kind of um, brought it up, in relation to obviously the two projects, you have Duck, you have Yoga, when you're in the, in the studio and kind of just letting things run free, are there times where you find that you'll be working on something that might kind of start out as something that you believe could be part of a yoga track and that somehow through the magic of songwriting, it transforms, it molds, it it morphs and then ends up as part of a duck track. Well, absolutely. Believe it or not, some of the songs which, uh, you know, start out on an acoustic guitar and are written on an acoustic guitar really come mostly to life once you translate it into synthesizers and a big side chain and slow down the tempo. <laughs> 
and turn it into a dance banger. And I, it's one of those things where, uh, like, giving that song a new life makes it exciting to work on it again as well. So if it if it, if if you've only ever known it as like a, you know, uh, spaghetti western kind of psychedelic. Uh, country almost track uh if you give it a spin uh and see what it sounds like you know you never know like just getting all those same chords and running them through some fat synths and then <laughs> like that might then spark new ideas and and give the song another rebirth which i think it's 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 very easy after the first uh after you think you know what the song sounds like it's very easy to uh, think, okay, now it's time to not touch too much. And the only way you can really give it a new life, uh, say it's a song you wrote like six months ago, uh, that song is kind of done and dusted. But now that there's these the two very polar opposite projects, uh, it is really fun. And and same goes the other way. If there's a song which is like, a, sounds like a dance banger, but if I might, but the chords are just a little bit interesting and a bit, you know, bit bizarre and a bit trippy and it's like all right maybe let's see what it's like replaying those chords on guitars and then replaying everything you know to go through the uh the treatment the yoga treatment of uh <laughs> making it a little bit more spooky a little bit more i don't know uh fluid and and fun and i think uh that that's been like a really really good indication of whether it's a good song or not as well because I think uh, if the song sounds good as, you know, a dance track or as an acoustic track or, you know, a, a cowboy western track, that is, uh, if it sounds good in different genres, then it's it means the song is all right. And I think that's a, a really nice take home is any song can be tailored to any genre. And I think that's... Uh, it's a, it's a good it's a good practice as a songwriter, like just seeing like what will happen, and I, I think it, it's a great way to just get your head around what the song is, and and you know sometimes you know it, maybe it could be better as a metal track. <laughs> I've, I've not tried that, but it's a it's a fun fun way to explore where it could go. One hundred percent. We've um we've spoken to a few different artists on on this uh, podcast before in relation to. I think if a if a song at its core has good foundations, you really can apply it to most, if not all genres. I want to say most, just in case there's that one a very obscure genre that might not work. But um, it is, it is. You can kind of tell that the strength of a song by if it is a uh, by how I guess versatile it is. Yeah, totally. And I think uh, you'll you'll see where it fits best for you know the the time based on uh what kind of uh i guess what kind of production you put behind it because any kind of production can you know accentuate a song and so if uh whichever genre it seems most accentuated in is kind of i guess the go to um but yeah it you can do it no matter what you can do it <laughs> any way you like very true very true um with hurricane i was reading that you actually kind of played most of the instruments on this track if not all of them mm -hmm. how was i guess when you're starting a track like this how does the the songwriting begin and then yeah when you're playing every instrument is it that you then i guess alter parts of the song depending on 
you're at your third instrument and you've worked out that this might work better as a different melody line or whatever it may be. Yeah, I think with uh, with Hurricane, it, it was just uh, one of those songs where I just really wanted to have, a, you know, the chord not change at all. And so <laughs> just keeping it on that E minor the whole way just... And and I did, and I was like, okay, when when it's just one chord, you can melodically, you've got the the world is your oyster, and you can do anything you want. So I was like, just start trying to like play with ideas, see which notes could make it feel a bit more trippy, a little bit more psychedelic, a little <laughs> bit more drawn out, and um, and I think that's where I fell really uh, into a fun space with this, and then just having, you know, the. G major in the B7 right at the end of the phrase only for like a, a, like a beat each. It just felt like, okay, then it just hits this fun spot and then you want to be back in that E minor forever. And I, I, I don't know. I, I think listening to um, a lot of like Towns Van Zant in the lead up made this song feel like a very natural occurrence. I think in total I probably spent three hours nutting out the the form and nutting out the the melodies over the verses and then the chorus it kind of only goes for you know 10 seconds and then it's back into that <laughs> verse vibe so i think yeah it, it it's a it, it definitely started on the acoustic and then melodies were written just to that and then with the bass i felt like there was now a space for more movement like having the boom, boom, like getting through that and making it feel like a swampy little, like, <laughs> like a two step through the swamp. Um, that kind of felt like a way to pick up the energy a little bit. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then instrumentation and then just like doing trickling little guitars kind of just sat naturally on top. Didn't want to overtouch it, you know, just keep it to its core as much as possible and then uh, chuck in a couple of uh, electronic drums. I got my mate Tully actually to uh, Tully Ryan, shout out, uh, to lay down drums for the whole track. And then I added electronic drums on top of his drums just to give it a bit of oomph, a bit of oost. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it that's that's kind of the whole process, start to finish, how it happened. It just it was just on the acoustic guitar and just little bit by little, just added each layer. Um, had to chuck in, of course, the uh, the mellotron. The <laughs> I feel like that's a, now a classic. If it's a yoga song, it's got to have mellotron somewhere in there, even <laughs> for a second. Whatever that Gregorian men's choir sounding effect is. <laughs> It definitely adds to the track and it definitely, I think it also straddles um, a very, very beautiful fine line. I know before you kind of mentioned the um, spaghetti Western and I feel that it, 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 how do I word this? It touches on and it has that influence without it being almost a full soundtrack to a spaghetti western if that makes sense you've, you've found that beautiful line of that it's not a full you'll find it uh soundtracking a western anytime soon but if meant as a compliment i hope that makes sense i hope i'm explaining no i totally know what yeah. you mean yeah the uh like the very first uh yoga track that i put out was you know two minutes of just 
Western Ennio Morricone chords <laughs> with like a fat whistle on top. And so it was unashamedly nothing but <laughs> spaghetti Western. And then it dropped into a disco track, but it was like, you know, that, that as the project evolves and, and grows shape, it, you know, it's, it's not needing to be so, you know, it's not starting off as a spaghetti Western song. Now it's, it's just getting little bits of influence and um and I, I think that's kind of where I wanted to wanted to end up, you know. It's yeah. uh, and I guess that's why Hurricane <laughs> felt like the uh you know that really encapsulating song. It's like it's it's a psychedelic uh you know ethereal kind of folk track with a stomping beat, which is spaghetti western, but you can't really tell why. Yeah. I, I can definitely appreciate that. And I think that would be the, the feeling that people kind of would walk away from the track with. I'm I'm curious, is this where Caltech began? And can you explain to some of the listeners who might not know what I'm talking about, what Caltech is? Well, yes, I guess so. Caltech uh, began just because I, <laughs> I, I, I felt like there had to be, you know, kind of like a, a way to explain the genre of uh, Your Devotion, the first yoga song. And it kind of felt like um, a spaghetti Western track, like a cowboy song, but then over a disco beat. And so I think Caltech just sort of felt like, you know, I, I kind of just thought about the Caltech uh, <laughs> logo, the uh, the petrol brand <laughs> Uh, not that I'm endorsing that shit. No, get your EVs, guys. Yeah. Get your EVs. Spelled um, very differently. I'll, I'll make very clear. Caltech. I'll yeah. put it in the show notes. Spelled very differently. Yeah. Cow, like the um, like the non-vegan milk option at the cafe, <laughs> and tech, uh, like the first half of techno, and yeah, I guess that that was it. It was just cowboy techno, and I thought, you know, if uh, the project you know, could have a DJ set as well as the live show, then the DJ set could be um, a Caltech party. And that's uh, essentially what where it spawned. And so we got to do the first Caltech set at Sydney Festival earlier this year. And, well, it was a boot scootin' hoot of a time. <laughs> it was so good. Had, um, you know, everyone... It was still in COVID times where everyone had to be seated, but... Uh, it was it was very appreciated. Not that it was uh, the right thing to do, but everyone just got up and started dancing. And, <laughs> and I had lots of... I brought like literally 100 cowboy hats to the gig. And so I, I just started like creating like dance comps and started sending them out to everyone in the crowd. And I think, you know, it was just... It's a really fun way to just let your hair down and not take yourself seriously and just you know, listen to some some Western bangers together, some Americana <laughs> more than anything. <laughs> but yeah, like Dolly Parton, uh, Stevie Nicks, just bringing that on top of a on top of a techno bit. You know, it just makes it fun. Very, very, very fun. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even just discussing it now, um, I am quite excited to see when you go out on tour, which we'll, we'll touch on a little bit later. But yeah, it just, I, I'm not surprised that people kind of got up and started dancing and kind of uh, <laughs> disregarded the rules in a very respectful way. And we're fine now. It's not, we're not in restrictions <laughs> anymore. But uh, yeah, it, I guess having those, um, those gigs and, and having that kind of music that is, since people love country, I feel like it gets a bit of a bad rap, but it is, about coming together. It's usually about uh, coming together, loving something as, as a collective. I know that yoga from its inception, I think in 2020 or 2019, I think 2020, um, that it has been not just about the music, but it's also been about, I guess, having that collective and having a group of people uh, or support um, behind it. Was that always from the get-go important to you to kind of not just have it as another project but have it have like a multifaceted kind of project, if that makes sense? Absolutely. Yeah, when I was, um, you know, super young, when I was 17, I lost one of my best mates to uh, depression. And I think from there I realized, you know, coming together and talking and, you know, being there for each other is very important. And I think during COVID times especially it felt you know, like we were so isolated and so disconnected that uh, I I could see uh, in everyone's face, even though it might have only been on Zoom, just like, no, you know, you'd meet people when whatever that app was where you, you could have a group of 16 people having a beer <laughs> together. Like that lasted like a week. It was not the same. <laughs> and, you know, that that being next to someone in the flesh is so important. Like even if it's just, you know, catching up with a mate for a beer before you go have dinner, you know, or whatever it is, like just just spending the time, uh, you know, focusing on relationships and, and coming together is super important. And I guess the, uh, the yoga project, I always wanted to, uh, you know, find a way to include, you know, mental health in music and it's, uh, and I, and I, totally reckon there's something very absolutely great about duck having its uh you know don't take yourself seriously philosophy it's uh it's super important and being able to uh you know and that's also very very based on coming together but i feel like uh with yoga i also wanted to have the opportunity to create spaces where people can talk and so like with the instagram we've got like mental health stories which is every two or so weeks uh, where we just share another story from either a friend or someone else in music um, or or someone who's just hit us up and said, hey, can I share a story? And I think it's just a nice uh, 
it's a nice way for people to just, you know, let their guard down a little bit and feel like it's okay to talk about things. Um, because while you sh- whilst you should always, you know, celebrate good things, uh, it, it, it does f- feel a little bit harder in Australia to talk about the harder things. And I think that's um, something I feel very passionate about changing, uh, even if it's like 0.0001% changed and only amongst my friends. <laughs> that's that's awesome. That's a start. And I think that's something I, I firmly, firmly believe in. And yeah, I'm stoked that I can bring my project uh, like with yoga, not just release music, but do some of that too. 100%. I think that... Uh, firstly, I, in what you said, Australians, there is a tendency to, even though you can acknowledge it, you'll still have that mentality of, you know, just not toughen up, but kind of like it, you're fine, things aren't that bad, kind of move on. And it is that. Oh, it's not just toughen up, it's have a cup of concrete and harden the effort. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I think that there's this mentality that you just have to kind of move on and not deal with things. Um, and from from what I could see in doing a bit of research for today, having a look through the socials for yoga, kind of seeing the community that's being built around there, it does look as though there is kind of change being impacted or people uh, being able to enjoy or, or have that outlet to discuss and, as you said, raise things. So I think it is a brilliant thing in what you're doing. And um, I can imagine, yeah, that it's probably not uh, as, as easy to kind of do especially coming from such a successful project such as duck you're not in a position where you you have to do this but you're wanting to because it obviously is very important to you so for that i yeah i do commend you ruben it is um, a fantastic kind of uh other aspect of the project thank you thank you so much um it's nice to uh to see that that kind of stuff does get appreciated because you know you you realize you could focus a bit more time and effort on to I don't know, marketing or music or something <laughs> like that. But uh, yeah, it's something which, you know, if you can do it, why not? 100%, 100%. Um, uh, not to, to go back to talking about more music, but... No, uh, let's... <laughs> we've obviously, uh, we had the Yoga EP in 2020. There was an album last year, which so it does beg the kind of question, we've got a new single now, can we expect a bit of a trifecta in 2022? Oh, man, that would be cool. But I think uh, right now I feel like if I just have a little bit more time uh, to to put out more singles and because I've realised uh, there's also a little bit of focus uh, and attention that you don't get dropping big bodies of work that you do get on singles. Um, so I feel like it might be nice to, uh, to, to, to not be putting out like 12 songs every five minutes for a second, just slow <laughs> it down a little bit, maybe uh, drop a few singles before I just pump out like a, another 12 tracks or something like that. Uh, I th- it's nice because then that single feels super special because you know, if you make a video clip for it, like we did with Hurricane, then um, then it feels like you know, it feels like a special piece of work. Where if you drop twelve songs, like without really much of a heads up, no one feels like you've really, for some reason, even though you have spent six months doing it, uh, the perception on the other side feels like 
it's just like, yeah, you're just putting them out there, which I kind of, that's kind of what I wanted to do when I first started. I was like, with the yoga, I was like, that's all I want to do. Just drop 12 songs every 12 months and just not really talk about it. But I, I can see the, uh, the, the value in, uh, you know, just getting behind it a little bit. And now when, you know, we've got a national tour coming up and I feel like if there's more opportunity to share the project and more opportunities gained by, you know, for, for the world of, you know, mental health stories and things like that, I can understand singles for the next uh, little bit and then probably an album early next year. That's very, very exciting. I am, you are, as you mentioned about to go on tour, I think by the time this episode comes out, you'll be starting the tour this week. Um, what are you most looking forward to in, in terms of taking these shows, both Caltech DJ sets and the yoga live shows around the country? Yeah. Oh man. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting times. I've spent the last probably week straight making new edits for the Caltech DJ set just so that every song I play, no one else has. And I feel like that's, <laughs> it's a super important part about DJing is, uh, to, you know, make a unique experience where with, um, you know, the live set, it's just, you know, we're just going to play yoga songs and it's going to be as unique as it gets. But, you know, creating that Caltech DJ set has been quite the adventure and journey. And because I've done so many, like I've done two uh, volumes of Caltech for uh, for Apple Music and I've done one for Triple J as well, I feel like the doing it live in the flesh, it's such different, uh, you know, you, 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 they're, they're just going to need different things. Like with a live set, you want it to be a party. You want people to feel like it's, you know, you're not being too cool, you know, <laughs> with, <Yeah. laughs> uh, with, a, with an online mix, you can go as cool as you want and you can make it very, very, uh, you know, you can make it for the music nerds where at the, uh, at the party venues, it's kind of in a weird way, the opposite where, although the theme is exactly the same, it's still cowboy techno. Um, it's just like very, very different music. And I think it's been really fun just, you know, accepting that and just creating heaps and heaps of, uh, really fun party bangers that are just going to be, you know, that are just going to be really fun. And I think once Splendor got announced and once, you know, we got added to Splendor for doing a Caltech set at the uh, Byron Bay Brewery stage. I was like, okay, <laughs> let's let's go ham. And so I've just been bunkered down in this studio just and also just making sure I can dance to each song, just like <laughs> jumping around, putting on my cowboy hat and just being ridiculous. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that's really exciting for me. Also because I... You know, I've done a lot of live sets recently, so it's it's just the new adventure, the new chapter. I already can kind of picture how these shows are going to play out, and I'm very envious of everyone who's going to Splendor to see that uh, that set. Um, very quickly, for those people who don't have Apple Music, we'll put the links for those Caltech uh, mixes because they are fantastic as well. Um Ruben, very quickly, lastly, we would ask our guests usually what they are listening to, if there's a record at the moment that uh, is kind of on high rotation in your house or studio, wherever it may be. 
Well, this is hilarious. Um, <laughs> sounds nothing like yoga and it sounds nothing like duck. But I was recently, you know, as as soon as we found out we could travel overseas again, um, M and I, my wife and I decided to uh, go to Hawaii for the first time and musically I've not found a richer place. That is the most incredible, I don't know, I, it, it's like an, an, another form of escapism. Hawaiian music just does something which no other music can and it might be because they do like three-part harmonies and all three singers have such strong vibrato, which you'd never normally want in harmony singing. Like you'd want them just singing straight so you can get that perfect chord. But the, <laughs> but the imperfection of these incredible voices just, it hits you in a different way. Anyway, so the, the record I'm smashing at the moment at home, which I've got a few Hawaiian records now on rotation, but there's one from uh, Gabby Pahanui, which I'll uh, I'll send you the link. It's um, if it's even on Spotify. Hopefully it is. Um, but yeah, it's uh, any Gabby is is gonna blow your mind. Um, and especially there's a there's one song, Blue Hawaiian Moon, which kind of opened up the world of Gabby to me after listening to um, I, I saw a band down at like uh, some venue there and there were a three piece and I, uh, I I couldn't find their records anywhere but turns out they do have iTunes which is cool <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah that it just opened up a world and I ended up in a rabbit hole of just on a music adventure through Hawaii just discovering so much stuff but um, yeah, check out Gabby Blue Hawaiian Moon. If that song starts ticking things for you, then then dive down that rabbit hole. It is a <laughs> good place. That's incredible. I'll make sure that um, yeah, please send through the links. I'll make sure we put them in the show notes for everyone to kind of access and um and have a listen. I would agree. There is something about Hawaiian music that's um also not what's the word? Not pretentious. Not uh. That there's, an, there's a lightness to it, even if it is quite serious. There's a certain aura to Hawaiian music that kind of, I think, is what makes it unique. Yeah, the fact they invented, you know, slack key guitar and slide guitar. Imagine, mm. like, country music without slide. Like, everything, a lot of good things came from Hawaii, including, um, I don't know if you ever got into the rabbit hole of, like, um, like 80s Japanese city pop, but... Uh, they actually were inspired by all these Hawaiian groups from the 70s. So in in the 70s, Japan, like Japanese, were traveling to Hawaii heaps and they heard this music and it ended up spawning like an era of a iconic Japanese sound. And so, uh, look, there's it's very multifaceted. <laughs> Hawaii, what a place. <laughs> I feel like this is going to set a few different people down different wormholes of Hawaiian music and the influence that it's had on on music as a whole. Um, Ruben, thank you very much for your time today. I do appreciate it. Uh, the brand new track from Yoga is Hurricane. It is out now. Uh, you are on tour as of next week. We'll put those in the show notes as well so people can buy tickets. But again, thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me on. And 
that's our show. A massive thank you to Ruben Styles for his time. Hurricane is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to stream the single or catch yoga on tour. We also want to give a huge shout out to Nick at Sony Music Australia for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the player's profile on Spotify and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.